What's up, L.A.? Welcome to episode number seven of the L.A. Courtside Podcast, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, and I am your host, L.A. Ray, where I talk about the Clippers and, of course, the Lakers, and then go around the NBA. want to start off this segment talking about the uh, L.A. Clippers, who have won six games in a row and are playing fantastic basketball. They may be playing the best basketball in the NBA currently right now. As I mentioned, six games in a row. The last couple of games, they beat Sacramento 115-96, and they also beat OKC 120-106. Leonard, George, I mean, what can you say about those two dudes, man? They're both playing at MVP levels against Sacramento, Kawhi Leonard scored 32 points on 13 of 22 field goals, three of five from three piece land. He also had six steals, six steals in that game. Paul George, 19 points, eight out of 14 from the field, 12 assists, seven rebounds. Kids just playing out his mind right about now. And against OKC, more of the same. Kawhi Leonard, 31 points, 10 out of 21 from the field. In this game, only one of seven from three-piece land. Eight rebounds, however, for Leonard. Paul George, 29 points, 10 out of 19 from the field. Three of seven from three-piece land, seven rebounds, five assists. So, again, uh, both of these guys are playing at an MVP level. What's really, really impressive about those two guys is if they're not shooting well from three, you know, they can go old school on you. You know me, L.A. Ray. I'm an old school guy. They can take you down and post you up, back you down, shoot over you, uh, mid-range jump shots. You don't see that too much in the NBA anymore. Those guys can shoot from mid-range just as well as they can from three-point range. And, and, and that's what they'll do. If they're not hitting from outside, they, they will back you up and shoot, and, and, and shoot that mid-range jumper. The Clippers are leading the uh, NBA this year in three-point shooting at 44%. But again, in that game against OKC, they were not hitting at that particular clip. So they just went to uh, uh, something else of what they do best, and that's shooting the mid-range shot. Also in that game, Serge Ibaka had 17 points, 7 out of 8 field goals, 11 rebounds. Serge Ibaka started off this year playing really, really well. And his productivity kind of waned a little bit. Uh, but now he's starting to pick it back up. So it's good to see Serge Ibaka uh, play well because they're going to need him to space that floor. You know, he can hit the three-point shot um, on occasion. But what he does is he gives him that toughness, of course, 11 rebounds. You know, he's a veteran. And, again, he sp- uh, spaces the floor, which gives Leonard and George a whole lot more room to work. Now, there would not be uh, a Clippers update without me picking on uh, Luke Kennard. I'm sorry, Clippers fans, I have to do it. Uh, In that particular game against OKC, 16 minutes, one out of seven field goals, 0-5 from three-piece land, two points. And he was minus two in the uh, plus-minus column. Now, again, early in the season, getting used to the teammates, but Luke Kennard is going to have to play better. 
just as simple as that. It's going to have to play better. You know, 64 million reasons why he has to play better than that. They picked him up for scoring. That's what he does. Shooting threes, filling the lane on second day breaks. You know, when he's open, he'll shoot it. He's got to he's got to make shots. And right now he's just not doing it. His minutes are very inconsistent. You know, he'll play 16 minutes one night, 30 minutes uh, the next night, back to 16 minutes the night after that. So I'm not sure if the coaching staff, you know, as far as uh, trusting him in certain situations, uh, he gets playing time in, in this type of situation. But the next night he won't. I'm not sure what's going on with Luke Kennard, but all I know is this. They need more productivity from him. It's what they picked him up for. Now, as far as another player on this team, and uh, this is why I chose that opening song uh, by DMX. It's called Up In Here. Y'all go make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. That's to uh, some of my Twitter followers. I had an interesting Twitter conversation, uh, so to speak on Twitter the other night surrounding Patrick Beverly. By the way, you can follow me on Twitter at at L.A. Ray Sports. So the conversation we had was around Patrick Beverly. And my contention was the Clippers, if they had a true point guard, a true point guard on that team, they would be favored to win the NBA championship, in my opinion. Uh, some of my Twitter followers were saying, Hey, Patrick Beverly is our point guard. We can win a championship with Patrick Beverly. And and I'm saying, you know, last year when they lost to Denver, they lost three straight games to Denver um, and got unceremoniously booted from the NBA playoffs, the bubble playoffs last year. That really, really hurt because I thought the Clippers was going uh, at least to the Western Conference Finals. Those last three games, the Twitter followers were saying, well, the reason why the Clippers lost was because the the Clippers just got ice cold. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, they just got cold all of a sudden shooting. My contention is this. They got cold because they had a bunch of hands in their faces. When you're when you're in the NBA playoffs and those games start getting down to the wire or the deeper you get into the playoffs, the more stifling the defenses are. You know, the game is not that wide open anymore. It's pretty much a half court game. And you have to have a point guard that can be able to break down the defense and get easier shots for your Kawhi Leonard's and your Paul George's of the world. And now that they have, you know, Luke Kennard on the team, you're definitely going to have to have someone break down the defense to get him some good shots. So Patrick Beverly is not a true point guard. And this is nothing against Patrick Beverly. Love the guy. Pesky defender. You know, he sets the tone at the beginning of the game with his defense. Really, really tough guy. He can actually actually shoot the three um, and make those shots every now and then. But he's not a penetrator. He's not going to break down a defense. You know, he's not going to lead the fast break too many times. You know, maybe a secondary break. So he's really not that type of point guard. Um, I'm thinking that the Clippers need to uh, to win this championship. Now, can they win it with Patrick Beverly? Sure they can. If the if the ball bounces correctly their way, sure they can. But I think they would have a better chance if they had a more natural point guard. I mentioned while we were having this Twitter conversation back and forth, uh, Derek Rose of the Detroit Pistons 
uh, who's in the final year of, the, of his contract with that team, uh, I think he would be a good pickup for the Clippers if they wanted to try and trade for him. And, oh, man, you should have seen the Clippers replies, the comments on the, the Twitter post, their replies. No way. No way. LOL. No thank you. You know, Derrick Rose. No, we do not want Derrick Rose. And it doesn't have to be Derrick Rose. It could be some other point guard that they may covet. So uh, I got shot down by the uh, by my Twitter followers when we were having that Twitter discussion. But that's okay. That's what Twitter is all about. That's what sports is all about. Everybody has their opinion. We go back and forth. At the end of the day, we're still going to be rooting for the Clippers to make it to the Western Conference Finals against the L.A. Lakers. I still think that's going to happen with or without Patrick Beverly uh, being the starting point guard on the team. So we'll see how it shakes out. We'll see how it shakes out. But right now, the Clippers are playing very, very well again. Six wins in a row as of the recording of this episode today. The Clippers do have another game today against OKC, and I expect them to win that game as well. And they will have a seven-game winning streak. So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens down the line on the point guard situation for the Clippers. But again, right now they're playing very, very well. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, MVP level. Both of those guys, they take you down, low man, post you up, do that fadeaway jumper that nobody can block. And it's just it's just wonderful to see those guys play. Playing very well. There's that music again that LA Ray loves so much. Old school. NBA on NBC. On my next segment. Around the NBA, of course, I'm going to stop again in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is the hot topic right now since James Harden has been traded to that team where they have formed another big three, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. So how are they doing so far? I tell you, when this trade first happened, I told all the fans who wanted to listen, especially in Brooklyn, pump the brakes a little bit. Yep, I know you're going to get excited. You got the big three, you know, loads of talent on that team. But let's let's let it play out. Let it play out. That very first game, James Harden had the triple-double. Kevin Durant had 42 points. They played that game without uh, Kyrie Irving. Also, the second game without Kyrie Irving against Milwaukee. Harden had 34 points. You know, Durant had had 32 points, I believe, in that game. Uh, both wins. However, the very the two next games against Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who was not a very good basketball team, they lost both those games. Both games. And in the first game against Cleveland is when all three of the superstars suited up together. But look at the shot differential here. Kyrie had 28 shots in that particular game against Cleveland. 37 points. Good output. Kevin Durant, 25 shots for 38 points. Harden only had 14 shots. 14 shots. 21 points for Harden. The the thing that I took out of that game the most is the defense. Okay, they gave up 42 points to Colin Sexton. You know, pretty good guard, but 42 points. And then again, I mentioned this before, the bench for Brooklyn, they don't have it. They have no bench. In that particular game, the first game against Cleveland, Joe Harris 
who's a he was a pretty good bench player, really really good shooter. He played forty two minutes. He only had six points in that game. You know, keep in mind they don't have Karis Levert anymore coming off that bench. Spencer Dinwiddie out for the year with a torn ACL. Okay, they don't have those guys coming off the bench. And after that particular game on uh, ESPN, uh, Stephen A. Smith and Shaq, uh, they were having a conversation about the Brooklyn Nets. And Stephen A. was saying, hey, you know, the Brooklyn Nets at least should make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Shaq, on the other hand, said, no way. They must win a championship. It's championship or bust. That's it, man. You know, you've got the big three. You got what you want there in Brooklyn. Three superstars is championship or bust. Making it to the Eastern Conference Finals is not going to be good enough. Or making it to the NBA Finals. It's not going to be good enough. They have to win that championship. Or this is going to be all for naught. And again, I'm not so sure that uh, that their defense is going to hold up. You know. In the first uh, 13 games that Brooklyn played, they uh, they only gave up 113 points a game, their defense. 113 points per game. Since the Harden deal, they've been giving up 126 points per game. Against Miami, the fifth game uh, uh, that James Harden has played with that team, and that was a 128-124 win. Really, really good basketball game against Miami. But that was against an undermanned Miami team. They were without Jimmy Butler, without Tyler Harrell. And Miami still put up 124 points, led by Bam Adebayo's career-high 41 points. So right now, since Harden has come to this team, the defense is just not there yet for the Nets. I'm not so sure that it's going to ever be there. Uh, during this season. Um, Kevin Durant, again, pretty good defender. The other two, uh, rather shaky. And then going back to the offense, again, um, it's going to come a point in time where someone is going to have to take control at the end of the game. Uh, you know, every team has a guy that, that, that takes control. You know, who's going to take the last shots? You know, Kyrie Irving in his last game, he said, hey, it's winning time. You know, he was the one that, that down the stretch uh, took the shots to beat Miami. So will that play out like that the rest of the year? You know, James Harden, he was only two out of eight from the field in that game. Now, James Harden did mention in the postgame interviews, hey, I'll do whatever it takes to win. You know, I'll be a facilitator if I have to. He did have 11 assists in that game. But, you know, how long is that going to last? Is, is that just post-game um, interview speak? You know, James James Harden, let's, let's be real here. James Harden likes to fire that pill up. All three of those guys, you know, they like to shoot the pill. And it's only one basketball on the court at one time. So we'll see how this shakes out. You know, right now, again, since, since James Harden has joined the team, they're three and two. You know, sort of a mixed bag so far. You know, we'll see how it goes. They're not going to, of course, they're not going to win every game. So uh, pump the brakes. Brooklyn fans, you know, Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, I can see that. NBA Finals. Yes, I can see that. I don't see them beating the Clippers or the Lakers. But according to Shaq, it's either do that, win the championship, or it's an abject failure. 
abject failure if you don't win a championship with these three guys on your team. But again, with that defense and then that lack of a bench that they have, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, though. We'll see how it goes with the Brooklyn Nets. California Love by Tupac. In my last segment, we got to talk about the L.A. Lakers, of course. Uh, in their last two games, uh, they have beaten Chicago and Milwaukee. Uh, these are the two games that have been played since their meltdown against the Golden State Warriors, who a lot of folks on Twitter are still talking about. I don't know why they're still talking about that game. L.A. Ray told you, baby, don't worry about the Lakers. You know, they're going to lose games like that. You know, Golden State came back in the second half. Steph Curry firing up threes. There's no shame in losing to Golden State. When Steph Curry is, is that hot, baby, don't even worry about it. So the next game against Milwaukee, a 113, a 106 victory against Milwaukee, LeBron James had a LeBron James type game. Unlike the game he had against Golden State, where he didn't play particularly well. In this game against Milwaukee, James had 34 points, 13 out of 25 from the field, 6 rebounds, 8 assists. He was 6 out of 10 from three-piece land. Now, I wonder if some of this was um, going hard against Giannis, the Greek freak the MVP of last season and LeBron James is probably thinking, Hey man, you know, I'm the King. I'm the MVP. I should have won that MVP over Giannis. Um, seems like he gets up against Milwaukee and that's fine. You know, I don't think LeBron James needs much motivation the way he plays, but any extra motivation that you're giving to the King, um, I'm going to put my money on the King. And he had a phenomenal game against uh, against Milwaukee. And speaking of Giannis, just just off topic real quick in that game, uh, he played OK. He was 11 out of 17 from the field, 12 rebounds. But he also had nine turnovers. Let me tell you something, man. If I'm a coach, an opposing coach and I'm playing against Giannis, especially in a playoffs where, again, the defenses are a little bit more stifling. You know, he has not been playing basketball all of his life like much of the American players. And when this guy drives to the basket, he doesn't he doesn't look to pull up, say, at the dotted line, say, to shoot a short jump shot. You know what he's going to do. He's going all the way to the basket. And you pretty much stand down there. You can take some 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 charges against this guy. You know, if he's out there getting ready to shoot a three and I'm defending him, I'm not trying to close out on that three too hard. You know, he's going to fake it. He's going to drive right by you. The next thing you know, he puts the defense on their heels. And then he's ready to dunk on somebody in the lane. That's what he does. That's why they call him the Greek freak, man. He's a freak of nature. But if it's me, especially in the playoffs, you got to hit that three, baby. 
I'm, I'm giving you that shot all day long. I'm not flying out there trying to close out on it. If you make them, you make them, you know, live or die by the three. I just have to die bad when it comes to Giannis. So just wanted to throw that out there with, with this guy. But LeBron James, a phenomenal game against Milwaukee. Uh, Anthony Davis, 8 out of 18 from the field, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. As I mentioned in my previous episodes, uh, I'm liking the way this guy's passing the basketball. I think Mark Gasol is kind of rubbing off on him a little bit as far as, you know, being a facilitator. You can run the offense through Anthony Davis just like you can through Mark Gasol. You know, Davis ended up with 18 points in that game. Uh, KCP, you know, it seems like he's 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 starting to be the new darling of the uh, the L.A. Lakers. Seven out of ten field goals. They were all threes, baby. A couple of free throws ended up with 23 points. You know, KCP, you know, especially last year, uh, at the beginning of the year, you know, he, he was hearing booze from the Lakers fans. You know, now, you know, well, there's no fans in the stands, but, you know, if you read all the Twitter posts, he's he's another darling of the L.A. Lakers fan. This guy's like third in the league in um, three-point uh, percentage. His three-point uh, field goal percentage is like 54%, third in the league, you know. And he's jacking them up, man. In that Golden State game, I mentioned before where he turned down a three-point shot in the corner and LeBron James seemed like he was kind of perturbed at him. He must have had some kind of conversation, man, because he wasn't turning down any threes against Milwaukee. And he's playing with superior confidence right now. He's put in a lot of work. And um, you listen to him in interviews, and he's just saying, hey, man, you know, I put my hard work in. You know, he has a confidence of the coaching staff. So if you jack up a three and miss it, you you can miss two, three in a row. Big deal. Keep shooting that pill, baby. You know, you're third in the league in uh, three-point percentage. Keep jacking them up. They're going to need that. They are definitely going to need that moving forward. If KCP plays like this, you know, for the rest of the year, and he's capable of it, you know, he's not going to go 7 of 10 all the time and make all threes in the games, but he's going to have defenses on their heels. They're going to have to respect that. They're going to have to start respecting the three-point shot of KCP. And then once they start doing that and start having the defenders fly out on him, you know, you pass that ball around the perimeter, man, and that leaves James and Davis one-on-one, and they'll be able to do their thing, man. So that is a good sight to see, KCP hitting those shots. Uh, the one downfall in that particular game, Schroeder was only 2 of 10 field goals, 0 of 3 from three-piece land, only four points. So uh, he didn't have a particularly, uh, particularly good game there. But, you know, they played well enough to beat Milwaukee. Uh, against Chicago, sort of pedestrian game. Um, that game was pretty much over at halftime where the Lakers was up by 30, by 30 points at halftime. You know, Anthony Davis, 37 points. He had something like 26 points in the first half. He was like 14 out of 21 from the field. Six rebounds, three assists, two steals. You know, James, you know, in that game, he let Anthony Davis do his thing. LeBron James, only 6 of 16 from the field, 11 rebounds. So James did have six turnovers in that game. He had 17 points. So in the second half, they, they sort of had a letdown. You know, the defensive intensity wasn't there. You know, Chicago shot 
uh, 46% from the field and 53% from three-piece range in the second half. So they kind of had a, a, a letdown there uh, against Chicago. But uh, nothing to be concerned about. Definitely nothing to be concerned about. Uh, something interesting after that game, they did have an interview with LeBron James and Anthony Davis regarding the upcoming anniversary of uh, Kobe Bryant's tragic death. And in my next episode, episode eight, I'm going to sort of have a sort of like a not necessarily a tribute, but just focus on Kobe Bryant's career uh, that he had against the Lakers and also outside of basketball, you know, the lives that he touched outside of the game. You know, LeBron James talked about talked about being a leader of the team. And, you know, during that time of that tragic death, you know, he had to be the leader and help the fans and the players, you know, get through a very rough time. And then Anthony Davis was saying that he didn't know that Kobe Bryant had that much influence outside of the NBA. You know, he had influence, uh, you know, people all overseas, you know, people who are not in the NBA, you know, soccer fans. Um, he, he had a, he had influence over a whole lot of people. So just going to touch on that a little bit in um, episode eight coming up. So the Lakers, you know, 13 and four after 17 games, <clears throat> excuse me, the Clippers are 12 and four after 16 games. So the Clippers are only a half game behind. Again, the two best teams in the Western Conference, they will be meeting in the Western Conference finals. That's what this podcast is all about. I will be talking about both of these teams all season long up until the time or through the time they meet in the Western Conference Finals. And one of these teams will go on to win the NBA championship. That's L.A. Rays prediction, baby. Flippers, Lakers, all day, every day. And with that, L.A. sports fans, going to leave it right there for episode number seven. But before I let you go, I'd like to thank basketball podcast network and my producers Isha Jerome and Dylan Kaiser also like to give a shout out to my son Kyle aka J West of J West Entertainment you youngsters out there if you need some beats hit them up on Instagram at J West that's J-E-I-W-E-S and also the music clips that you heard today the intro clip number one, California Love by Tupac. Tupac, one of the best rappers that ever lived. One of the most influential musical artists of all time. Born in Manhattan, moved to San Francisco at 17 and then to L.A. at 22 to pursue his musical career. Not only was he a good musician, but Tupac was also featured in a few movies. Poetic Justice with Janet Jackson. Movie called Juice with Omar Epps. Also a basketball movie called Above the Rim. Really, really talented guy. Just left us too soon. Uh, Got killed in a drive-by in Las Vegas. Definitely left, left us way, way too soon. That middle song you heard was by DMX called Party. Party Up. Party Up in Here. DMX. Another New Yorker from Yonkers. He was also featured in films such as Belly, Romeo Must Die, and Cradle to the Grave. Very, very good rapper. And the outro song that you just heard was Cosmic Cars by Cybertron. Cybertron was one of the first 
electronic musical groups. You have electronic music festivals that are held in Detroit every year where people come from all over the world to Detroit for electro music, as they call it. Cybertron was the very first group to introduce that type of genre in the music business. And they became very, very popular before electro music became popular in the United States. They also made a song called Alleys of Your Mind, which is a uh, musical clip I believe I played in my very first episode of the L.A. Courtside podcast. So again, L.A. fans, thank you very much for listening. You can follow me at L.A. Ray Sports on Twitter. And you can follow other NBA teams from the Basketball Podcast Network. That Twitter handle is at HoopsPodNet. Again, that's at HoopsPodNet, where you can follow NBA teams such as the Chicago Bulls, the Houston Rockets, the T-Wolves of Minnesota, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Phoenix Suns, and eventually all NBA teams will be under the umbrella of the Basketball Podcast Network, and you'll be able to follow all of those teams via a podcast. So with that, again, L.A. sports fans, I thank you for listening. Uh, You can find my show on any of the platforms where you get your podcast from. Make sure you subscribe to my podcast. And again, that is L.A. Courtside Podcast, where it's all Clippers, all Lakers, all the time. With that, until episode number eight that will be dropping in a few days. Peace.